Hey, everybody. Kevin Grossman, president of the Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards. It is now 2020, and this year's Benchmark Research Program is open. Do you know what your candidate experience perception gaps are? What you're delivering in recruiting versus what your candidates actually are experiencing? The Candy Benchmark Research Program can definitely help you identify what those gaps are. And if elevating and promoting a quality candidate experience is what your organization is all about, then go to thetalentboard.org and register today. Enjoy this episode of the Candy Shop Talk podcast. So the whole idea with this is how can Olivia sit side by side with the recruiter and function as an assistant to, to help them get work done faster and better and you know, ultimately create better experiences for not just them, but for obviously the candidates that they're trying to attract. You're listening to the Candy Shop Talk podcast brought to you by Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards Benchmark Research and hosted by Kevin W. Grossman. Talent Board is the first nonprofit research organization focused on elevating and promoting a quality candidate experience. This special AI edition of the Candy Shop Talk podcast welcomes Josh Swain, Chief Marketing Officer at Paradox, the leading AI platform with Olivia that assists enterprise and mid-market companies so they can spend more time with talent and less time with software, and a proud Candidate Experience Award sponsor. Listen in on how improving candidate experience impacts recruiting and the business bottom line. Josh, thank you so much for being on this special edition of the Candy Shop Talk podcast. First, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you're doing today. For sure. Um, I love the name Candy Shop, by the way. So I'm Josh Swain. Um, last name is always hard to pronounce, so sometimes people call me Jay-Z. Josh is also perfectly fine. Uh, I'm the chief marketing officer for a company called Paradox, and I've been in the industry here for about three or four years. But as we've talked about before, my uh, my real education in this space comes from my wife, who's a practitioner. So really passionate about what this industry does and the problems that it's, it's solving. And um, I was excited to talk more about what we do. Absolutely. And, and especially in the context of how it not only impacts recruiting overall, but also um, the candidate experience. And we're going to get there in a second. I know that Zwayne, is that what, does that's the way it's pronounced? Yeah, it's like Wayne with a Z in front of it. So. That's right. I remember you telling me that even a couple of years ago. And I remember, and if you don't, if you don't repeat things three times, Josh, you know how that works. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But we're so, so good. Zwayne, Josh Z. So let's start off a little bit about what exactly Paradox is. What's, what's the technology that you're offering right now to the marketplace, to HR and recruiting buyers? Tell us a little bit more about that first. Yeah, for sure. So our primary product, um, and I, I think probably what pe most people know us by is, is Olivia, who we call an AI assistant. And we say assistant because we believe that AI can actually make recruiting more human, kind of the paradox that, that led to our name. Um, but the whole idea really behind Paradox was that we, we found it kind of crazy that recruiters who are really driven by creating relationships with people we're spending a lot of their time in software and managing processes and pushing paper and scheduling meetings and that kind of stuff. So the whole idea with this is how can Olivia sit side by side with the recruiter and function as an assistant to, to help them get um, work done faster and better and you know, ultimately create better experiences for not just them, but for obviously the candidates that they're trying to attract. And that's really the case, right? So you're in regards to, because we as humans, 
we can do a lot of things, but we can't do a lot of things 24 seven. We can't, right? right? Uh, not all the time. And, and that's been part of, I think, what we've found at Talent Board in the Candy Benchmark research that we do, Josh, is that some of the gaps that we see year after year, especially in the front end of the process, especially pre-application and even during and post-application too, those communication gaps are just because we just, you know, we can't talk to everybody, right? Yeah. As humans, and even organizations who have tried to do live chat and maybe managing the social media channels to answer questions, it's hard to do and it's hard to scale. And it's not what, you know, it's also not what I think a lot of recruiters and even sourcers want to be doing on a regular basis, right? Because there's always a lot of questions. So is, is that one of the biggest challenges too? I mean, you're, you're working side by side with a recruiter, but you're, there's a lot of questions that we ask as job candidates, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I came from a company called Smashfly and, and we always talked about this, this concept of the black hole, but that's exactly it. I think it's, it's a volume problem and it's a communications problem and it's an experiential problem. It's, you know, any large corporation, um, whether you're hiring data scientists or you're McDonald's and you're hiring, you know, literally thousands of hourly employees every year. Those companies want, I think, at their core, to be able to respond to everybody. They just—it's impossible to. You either get way too many applications, or you're in core HR. My wife was an HR VP at one point. You just can't answer everybody's question about benefits all the time, and you can't do it globally, and you, you certainly can't do it 24/7. So, you know, the beauty of a technology like Paradox and like Olivia. And others like it, honestly, is a lot of that that work is really pretty straightforward. And you can make that experience feel human, even if it's not a human who's actually delivering the experience. So that's really the, the idea here is how can we alleviate that problem and that pain from these companies and really allow the, the recruiters or the TA leaders or the employer brand managers or you know the HR reps, how do we get them back to what they're what they're really hired for and what they're they're great at what their core skills are. And so, yeah, I think that, that's spot on. And from the candidate's perspective, and I've been talking about this a lot more lately too, that unless I'm in the industry, unless I'm in the HR recruiting technology space and fam I'm familiar with the players and how the systems work and the solutions work, I, again, when I'm interested in a business and a brand and a job that I want to throw my hat in the ring for, I don't really care about the technology stack, right? What I do care about is being engaged and communicated with and getting my questions answered and expectation setting and moving along the process. And then also at some point, hopefully by a human being told definitively, I'm not going to pursue you any further. So that's what I care about. But there's so much of this now of, of the technologies that are really helping to power recruiting. It's, it is still touching the candidate experience. So, and there's a lot that you mentioned, I mean, there are other players in the space, the different iterations of chatbots. What differentiates Paradox and Olivia then? Yeah, I think from a, you know, obviously we position ourselves as an assistant. You could say that's semantics, but I think it really gets to the core philosophy of, of Paradox. So, you know, we don't worry too much about the technical aspects of our technology and we don't talk about, you know, what drives our NLP or our machine learning. There's certainly sophisticated technology behind that. But we really try and focus on the core human problems that we're, we're solving and we're addressing. And a big part of that, and I think it's what's core to our strategy, is that we view Olivia as a, as a layer uh, between a company and the people that it communicates with. So in order to really deliver the right experience, and, and this kind of gets to what you were just talking about, there's so much exceptional technology out there today. This industry in particular has really taken off in the last mm -hmm. year or so. A lot of those those technologies were created to solve either a specific problem 
or without consideration to how they would interact with the other technologies already in the business. So to your point about the candidate, they don't care if you've got 40 different technologies or four. Right. They just want the experience to be seamless and they only want to enter their data once and they want to have a single place that they can go to to ask questions, uh, to check on their application, to get their onboarding paperwork, to find out what they need to do for their interview, that kind of stuff. So I think the way that the paradox really thinks about this and you know, I, I think it is unique, although, you know, again, like I think that this is where this industry is trending is to really think about that experience end to end. And then think about where an assistant or just chat and messaging in general can fit into that entire experience. That way, the candidate has one place to go. And even if there are multiple technologies that are interacting with that candidate, the different stages of their journey, that the experience is at the very least consistent and pleasurable, ideally. Well, exactly. And and fair. Because yeah, I, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think that, and that's really one of the biggest takeaways every year and a, a differentiator that we see every year, at least in our data and research, is that it's the level of perceived fairness. It's it's what they perceive the processes as decently fair overall that always usually drives high, higher positive candidate ratings and their willingness to do something again with the organization going forward. And because, you know, we all know that it's not always necessarily pleasurable to look for a job, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, whether you're going through the usual channels or even trying to network in, however that is, it's, you know, it can be a, a, an awkward process at times. But let's talk a little bit more then, now that we've, we've kind of got to set what you're differentiating and what it is, let's say that you're when you're launching a new customer, somebody that is, you know, they're excited, they want to implement this assistant, this chatbot assistant in their recruiting process. What does that look like? What does the process look like? How long does it take to implement? What kind of data is needed in the initial stages, you know, quote unquote, to maybe to train the assistant to better answer the questions that you want them to answer? What does that look like kind of high level? For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the beauty of the technology, I think, and I've worked for a handful of technology companies in my career, and it's never been this way. You know, frankly, though, you know, a couple that I've been with in the past, it could be months and sometimes years for a company to implement. And my wife is working right now with a technology vendor that's going to take two years to implement. So, wow. yeah. Wow. So it's now granted that's, it's a much bigger platform and it, it's touching a lot more parts of their business. But for us, it can take anywhere from a handful of days to a handful of weeks to a handful of months, depending on how sophisticated or complex the company's uh, implementation is and, and what they're implementing and what they're buying. So a bit of a cop-out answer, but the reality is that we could drop Olivia on a client's career site in a matter of weeks and have her answering questions or at the very least capturing candidates um, and scheduling interviews. That that part of it is relatively straightforward. Where it gets complex, obviously, is if you have clients with customized Office 365 instances and there are certain rules or limitations around uh, the calendaring tool or security requirements or you know multi-language or multi-location. That's where it gets kind of you know a little bit complicated. It can stretch the implementation out to a few months. But realistically, in, in most cases with our clients, it's it's a handful of weeks. That's great, actually. That's 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 excellent, especially when you want to for something that could be even if the, there was a strong business case made that there's it's still new i think rel- to a lot of leadership teams as to how this is going to help the the thing that we try to focus on is how do we get how do we get the client a win as quickly as possible right you know how do we show and, and it's not about us necessarily proving value value to pat ourselves on the back but we just fundamentally believe that olivia can add a lot of value very quickly so it's, it's not dragging out the implementation for the sake of perfection or waiting until it's all fully ready. So we can kind of do it in 
bits and pieces. And you know, if we start with just capturing um, conversations or or we we start with scheduling interviews, there there are a lot of ways to add value quickly. And then some of the stuff that takes a little bit more time, you know, we can stretch that out and, and do it piecemeal. We touched on it a little bit already about the fact that this is helping to give some more focused human interaction time back to recruiting teams, right? So that they're they're getting candidates are getting questions answered pre-application and they're getting that interaction and that engagement. And then if and then, you know, if somebody and gets applies and then that recruiters get notified. But I would assume, and I've been I've heard this as well from organizations, that sometimes there's a little bit of resistance from the recruiting team, right? What is this? What are we what are you doing? putting this virtual assistant into place. So how is that addressed from your guys' perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I totally agree with you. I think the biggest objection we hear is usually more from frontline recruiters who are worried that this technology is going to come in and, and take their job. And the, the reality is we just don't view it that way. We, we think that this is more of an augmentation or a tool that the recruiter can have by their side that gets them out of the work that you know most recruiters don't like and allows them to focus on the work that they they do. You know, my wife was a former recruiter. The last thing she enjoyed was the, you know, the paperwork process or, or just kind of having to, to process an applicant through the ATS and make sure that all the boxes are checked and candidates have been screened and all that kind of stuff. So no recruiter that I've met who really loves their job and is trying to do their job well, loves the admin, administrative stuff. So, <laughs> and I don't love that stuff either. Right. So I think when we focus the message on that, it's, you know, look, we're not coming for, for your job. That's the last thing we want to do. Um, our founder, Aaron, um, was a recruiter himself and is a big believer in the value of, of really great recruiters in, in, in an organization. So the whole mission here is how do we make recruiters better at their job? How do we get them all away from software and spend more time with talent? And I think that message, when we share it with recruiters, it resonates. You know, it's, it's again, seeing how the application of Olivia and the application of the technology can solve a problem for them and make them better at what they're doing as opposed to replacing what they're doing. If that makes sense. It does. And I, you know, we we did just do a webinar with one of your customers, Houston Methodist. And what they was what was fascinating was that I mean, they really saw results early on out of the gate with right. implementing their their version of the personal assistant, the virtual yeah. assistant. And and hence has had really has resulted in hundreds of hires too, which was great to hear on that end. We also know with the with the candy research that those candidates who say they were in that they engaged or they asked a chatbot questions before they applied and even during the application process, those positive ratings are actually higher. Now there's other variables that so are always impacting everything. But again, my argument is that because that of that engagement where there was little to none before. And when it's done right and the questions are being answered and, and most of the time they know, but not always, not everybody always knows that it is a chatbot. But I mean, we're, so we're seeing that it raises positive ratings overall. What else are you seeing on your end as it relates to now? I, I remember this from over a year ago, your team telling me that 75 plus percent of the candidates think the chatbot, even when they know, <laughs> even when they know it's a chatbot. Is that still the case? What, what else are you seeing? as it relates to how the candidates are responding? Yeah, so I mean, it's anecdotally, um, we've told this story before, but yeah, the 75% is still about accurate for thank yous. We see, I believe it's like 97.5%. So we implemented feedback rating. So at the end of a chat, we'll ask a candidate how they rate it. And it's, it's you know, usually out of 
five stars or whatever. Right now we're seeing across the board like 97.6% satisfaction. So that's four stars or greater, which, you know, yeah, and you know this, right? Like how often does an application experience through an ATS, and this isn't to pick on ATSs, but how often do they get four or five star ratings? It's, it's pretty rare. Well, usually, <laughs> I mean, some may argue that they're, that, you know, some of the newer systems sure. yeah. might argue that they're getting higher percentage, but usually no. I mean, that's not in defense of ATSs and even employers everywhere, even those who have collapsed the application process. It's probably one of the, you know, the least glamorous part of, yeah, and I think of, it's- of the process too, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's, and it's a necessary evil, yeah, right? Like you, at the end of the day, you can't, um, you know, again, calling on my wife's experience at General Motors, there are just certain questions you have to ask and certain processes you have to follow. And they're regulated by the government in, in certain areas. So there's only so much you can do to simplify that experience. You know, I would definitely not pick on the ATS necessarily because I think sometimes the technology gets blamed for just process problem or just, you know, things that the technology itself can't change. But the reality is I think even just making it a chat-based experience, even if it takes, you know, two minutes less, there's something that makes it simpler when you when you can just interact like you would um, in a text exchange with a friend. So yeah, I think it's, there's that. And then, you know, I mean, we anecdotally, we see candidates sending emojis to Olivia all the time and Olivia will, will respond <laughs> with an emoji. So it's like little things like that, I, I think suggests to me that the experience is fundamentally different and that there's something about it that obviously candidates enjoy more than, you know, flipping through multiple screens and, and application flows within a, kind of a normal ATS experience. Do you know what is the one of the most frustrating friggin' things, and I did say friggin', <laughs> that I, as a consumer, and I remember this from years ago, and I think you can appreciate this too, both of us have having the marketing backgrounds that we have, but just years ago, I remember I had a, I won't mention the company, but I had an online subscription, right? So, and I was trying to cancel it and I went on my account first and couldn't figure it out, right? Yeah. And sometimes that's done on purpose, I get. And then I tried to, you know, there was no, there was no online chat. I don't believe there was at the time. And the FAQ hell is so painful. I think it's just painful yeah. for, I mean, it's, it's necessary. One of those necessary evils as well, but it's very yeah. painful to get through. And then I remember ca- trying to even call and <laughs> going through the voice chain of just trapped in Dante's Inferno for, for forever. And, and then finally went on social media and, and ranted a little bit. And within an hour, it was taken care of. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, this was, this was for like five plus years ago now. So, right. but I think, I guess my point is, is that where there's engagement where there was none before is a big deal. And again, you know, if I, doesn't even really matter again. And even through, the, whether it's free application or during the application process, and that's, by the way, as we, we both know, and everybody out there listening knows, that's as far as most of us get. Yeah. Exactly. We research you, we maybe try to network in, we apply, and that's it. Yeah. The end of the road. And whatever happens post that, it's a much smaller tier of folks that get screened and interviewed and maybe move move along the process. And so having, again, that, that communication, more of it, and that's why you probably see playful responses, because, man, at least I'm getting something. I'm getting some answers. I'm getting some, some feedback. But, but I want to shift a little bit, though, and go back to the employer side. So besides, I mentioned one of your customers, but but even just big picture, what are some of the, the other quantifiable results that your customers are seeing? Are they seeing yeah. more hires? Are they seeing reduced time to fill? I mean, what are the metrics there? Yeah, for sure. So it, it really goes across the board and it, it really varies by 
use case and industry, I would say. You know, if uh, I'm thinking of uh, Regis Corporation, we have a, a case study with them. I'm going to throw this number out there and hope that it's right. But at, the, at a very minimum, we saved them hundreds, that, hundreds of thousands of dollars in typical job board spend because they were able to build their own text campaigns and, and put flyers and banners up in their stores. And they uh, run sport clubs. So a lot of kind of hair, hair care yeah. uh, chains, right? So sometimes someone coming in there or just passing the store, if they see that you're advertising um, the job and they can apply to it on their phone very quickly, you can probably save a ton of money. Um, and, and we just obviously did save a ton of money, not having to advertise those jobs out to job boards and other media. So, you know, everything from that to, you know, time saving and getting people into jobs faster. Can't say the name of the, the client, I don't think at this point, but sure. we've got one client who is using our restaurant retail hire product. And they went from, I believe their time from initial application to uh, employee start date was like 17 days before they implemented Paradox. Since then, it's gone down to an average of like 3.2. You know, that is it, when you've got 12 days in between where a restaurant, a fast food restaurant, that is dependent on having actual employees and crew members to you know make and serve the food and, and deliver a positive experience for customers you know being able to actually get people into jobs quickly is is actual dollars and cents oh it's huge especially for again the, the that high volume hiring at level that you're talking about and then you start playing that out that's extremely important and a matter of a few days can make a big big difference on sales at any given day and how much that goes into that. Yeah. No doubt about it. And it's, you know, in in the environment that that we're in too, you know, everybody thinks in in this competitive job market, they focus on kind of the higher skill professional roles and how difficult it is to hire for those roles. And that's certainly true. I mean, you just, you just spoke to the Houston Houston Methodist team, hiring nurses and physicians right now is, is almost impossible. So, but when you think about hourly, if you don't make the application process easy and fast and you don't respond quickly, then that person's just going to walk down the street and they're going to go um, apply to four other jobs and they're going to take the first one that they get. That's the reality of the situation. So if you're a, um, a restaurant or any sort of hospitality uh, business and you're not able to respond quickly, then you're missing out on people. And the yeah. longer that drags out, the worse your service gets and the slower your service gets and, and the more frustrated customers get. And, you know, that has downstream impact. So, and then the last one I would say is you know, interview show rates. There's, there's just a lot of talk lately about candidate ghosting. And I know I've seen it in your research or content from the, the talent yeah. work before, yeah. but what we see with our clients is a 90 plus percent show rate for, for interviews. So um, with most of our clients, it's close to hundred percent. And the way that we do that is, is just simply through reminders uh, and rescheduling. So, you know, j- just a simple text message to let somebody know that that they've got their interview tomorrow at what time and what they need to be prepared for is obviously increasing the likelihood that they actually show up to the interview and are prepared for it. So, you know, little things like that too, where it doesn't waste a recruiter's time then having to go and and resource candidates or work with their hiring managers to reshuffle their schedules. It's, you know, an efficiency game that I'm sure if you sat down and, and did some, some math on it, you could, you could come up with a pretty quantifiable number. Oh, absolutely. Completely. And, and just, you, you start playing that out. Time's always a factor anyway, but especially in a, in a tight job market and not just even with hourly employees too. I mean, I've heard the, the stories from longtime HR and talent acquisition leaders who say it's unprecedented the, the amount of ghosting that they've seen. And although I would recommend to candidates, I would recommend that they still take the high road. Absolutely. At the yeah. end of the day, because at the end of the day, the employer still 
is the one who's going to hold all the cards, but I'll get off my soapbox for everybody. But I mean, <laughs> I think that's the case, but it is something that we're seeing a lot more of. And I'm with you. I don't understand it personally. I would, no, just, I don't either. I would, I would never do it. I, I just have too much respect for people and I could go on a rant with you there too. I just, it's a small world and people talk and you well, exactly. I mean, yeah, it'll get around. Right. And I just, I mean, I know, and then people say, well, just pay back for the black hole. Well, you know, it's, you know, again, we don't have to, we've got enough of that uh, vitriol acidity yep. going on everywhere on so many levels. Anyway, it's like, we you don't need to do that. But besides that though, so a couple yeah. a few more, one more question just about, so obviously the, you're working with your customers and there's there's an ongoing aspect of, I don't know if training is the right word, but you know ensuring that the assistant is getting better at its answers, right? Getting smarter, learning on, uh, and so there is some ongoing aspect, right? Of making, improving and learning as it relates to the assistant. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the, the real fundamental piece of this is that, and you asked about implementation earlier, Obviously, part of implementation is us working with our clients to build out this knowledge base and the ontology of, of Olivia to make sure that, you know, she's she's speaking their language and she's able to answer questions directly about the business and in the voice and tone of the business all the way to the point, you know, going again back to Houston Methodist, they personalize the uh, persona of um, the assistant themselves. So it's it's not Olivia for them. It's Mia. It's got to look and feel for them. So, yeah. but over time, what we do um, and what the technology does is it observes patterns in the conversations. If it sees kind of similar terms that could uh, be applied to this, you know, a single answer, then it will consolidate um, the responses and and kind of recognize patterns in those conversations. The other piece of it too is, you know, I think it, that's more consequential to the candidate experience is, you know, the reality is that this technology at this point, and, and it will reach a point where where this is not true anymore, but it can't answer every possible question. And there are going to be certain ways that people phrase questions and, and certain kind of nuance to the language that they use that, that could trip up the technology. So a key part of that is, you know, I think that's okay if it happens a few times, if it happens repeatedly over and over again, for an infinite period of time, then that's a problem. The technology should be able to learn from that and identify anything that it wasn't able to respond to. So that's the other piece of it here is, is really making sure that there's there's some mechanism for identifying um, questions that Olivia couldn't answer and then making sure that we go back with our clients and, and adjust as necessary to make sure that that's not the case. And anything that we can address is addressed. And that, yeah, I think that's important, important to note that as well. So kind of to round things out, Josh, what's, is there something coming top secret that I promise I won't tell anybody that you can, you can share with me or just what's coming on the roadmap and then kind of spring into that bigger picture. I mean, what do you all see at paradox in the next five to 10 years? Yeah. So if I gave you all of our secrets, I, I wouldn't have a job tomorrow. Nah, so. I know that's true. That's true. Of course. <laughs> yeah. that. If Aaron's listening, he knows, uh, I'm a, <laughs> I know. line there. no, I think, I know mean, we've given, I think, some clues out there of where we see this going. And I think um, if you pay attention to the consumer market and consumer technology in general, you could probably get a sense of, of where um, not just Paradox is going, but where this category of technology is probably trending. You know, right now, everything is certainly driven through the mobile device. And I think that is transformational in and of itself. You know, historically, the experience has been very desktop or, or computer-based and, you know, we're trying to change that. So making sure that Paradox works with any sort of messaging platform globally is the first step there. But beyond that, there are other mediums for communication. So voice is obviously a big one. You know, there's there's the Google Assistant and Alexa and yeah, I think Samsung came out with its new really creepy looking augmented reality bots that um, it pushed out. 
But you know, video and voice are, are two two areas where this technology plays and it plays well. So for us, it's just considering the applications of that within HR and TA. And I think what we've always done well and what I really respect about Paradox in general, I haven't been here that long, but what I've always really respected about Aaron is that he doesn't chase um, new technology just to chase it and to create some sort of marketing campaign around it. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it because it solves a problem for a client. Um, not because it creates a nice marketing video. So, you know, I think obviously with, we, we pushed out the news earlier this year, right? This year, I keep forgetting it's 2020, uh, mid 2019, the news that, um, we obviously worked with McDonald's to create their Alexa voice integration. So you can actually complete an application through Alexa now at a lot of uh, McDonald's restaurants nationwide. That's for Google assistant as well. So, you know, things like that. And, you know, obviously voice. Uh, in the job search. So you know, going to a, a career site, there's, I think certainly like a, a use case for that for, for candidates, but there's also an accessibility use case there where somebody comes and. Oh, right. Absolutely. Right. If they can use their voice instead of having to read something, if they're, if they're visually impaired, then there's, there's some value there. So, you know, I think it's, it's really thinking through those two technologies for now and, and where the fundamental technology that's, that's core to who Paradox is can be applied. Then I completely agree. And you know what, but you know, what's creepy though, Josh. <laughs> so I'm talking to if I'm talking to my wife about pizza and then yeah. the next minute it shows up in my Facebook stream, that's creepy. And then I ask Alexa and Alexa says, I'm not listening. <laughs> right. It's, it's the, uh, those pesky um, terms and conditions that we all agree to quickly whenever we download it. That's app. right. I know, right? Exactly. So that's creepy. This other stuff I think is pretty cool for recruiting. So And, and, and actually, the, the fact of just the, the future of, of voice, I think, in, in these AI-related technologies is exciting altogether. All so thank you, Josh, very much for being on the Candy Shop Talk podcast. And I look forward to um, seeing you again really soon. I'm sure we'll cross paths, but no, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, obviously supporting us and uh, our clients of the uh, webinar that we just hosted. I was dropping into and um, you know, I just love that you guys kind of focus on um, obviously there's, you have vendor relationships and, and you're telling kind of the vendor story, but I think what I've always appreciated about the way you approach it is really making it solution centric and, and candidate centric. It's, it's right. at the end of the day, does it improve the experience for people? So keep up the, uh, the good fight there. Oh, Josh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Thank you for listening to another episode of the candy shop talk podcast. For more information about Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards and Benchmark Research, visit www.thetalentboard.org.